Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. Yes, we're back. John, we were live last night. We're back today, baby. Nice and early. I am Edgar Jesus, and I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with my boy, J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we are in studio, and we have our boy, the king of the cannonball himself, Mr. Spider. There we go. What's going on, brother? Today, we're talking to Eugene Lockman, owner of Prestige Pool and Patio, and he's going to share his journey into the pool business, pool industry, I should say, right? And he's going to be presenting the class, which we changed the name to yesterday, Eugene. Now it is called Chlorine and Cash Flow, Lessons Learned in the Pool Service Entrepreneurship. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, a podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, John, I'm not going to screw this one up. I want to thank our visionary partners for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack Heritage Pool Supply, and our newest member of the Pool Nation family, Hayward Pool Products. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, you ready to roll this morning, baby? I'm trying to figure out what's going on because usually when we come into the studio, it's like we leave and then there's weeks or months before <laughs> we're back in here and I'm sitting here tripping out because we were just here about 12 hours ago. Just about, yeah. And remember, Spider kicked us out. He was like, you know what? We're done. Let's, Let's get go. This straight. I offered all the time you needed. <laughs> I said I wanted to leave, but you could have stayed all night if you wanted. He uh, offered it, but then when he realized Edgar was seriously going to take all of the time he needed, then he started dropping the plant in the seed. But, like, when we were at two hours and 10 minutes, he said, okay, something needs to stop here. We can't do this. This, this is ridiculous. Mr. Flawless, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for the food this morning, man. Those tacos were just bomb. It is, and it's become a tradition, right? Yeah, yeah. So, our, our little plug for Tender's Smokehouse. What is it? Tender's yeah. Smokehouse, Tenders, right? Yeah. They have actually. Uh oh, Eugene's giving me a dirty look. Like, uh, hey, I'm just wondering <laughs> where, where your tacos. Right? Where are my tacos? One, <laughs> right. two. You brought me down here. You didn't say anything about this being live, and now here I am. And you guys are going to rub it in with some tacos. I know, I mean, my bad. I do feel terrible now. Here's the thing. He's not a morning taco eater. He goes to Chick-fil-A every single morning. John, I pulled into the drive-thru with him one day. The girl knows him by name. I'm like, And, you and know my it. order. And the order. And she was like, usual? And I'm like, what the hell is going on here at Chick-fil-A? So That has to feel bad because you go to Summer Moon like 14 times a week, right? And they don't remember They don't yours. remember me. We went yesterday and they didn't remember me. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, that falls back to what we talked about yesterday on the podcast, right? About hiring the right employees and creating the right staff and leadership, right? And the type of environment that you create. And obviously Chick-fil-A there, kudos to the manager 
and to the employees there for creating that type of environment and a place where they feel like they want to take care of their customers and not feel like it's a paycheck. So it all works that way. And it, it's interesting to hear and see. As far as me today, I'm a little tired, so I'm a little out of it, guys. But you said deja vu, right? All over again. A little bit all over again. I feel like when I was a kid, if you guys remember, I think it was like during Christmas or Thanksgiving when you'd be able to watch TV and it was like your favorite show had a marathon on, right? <laughs> remember the marathon shows? Yeah. Right? That's what it feels like we're doing a marathon because we did one yesterday, we're doing one today, and we're doing one tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. I like being in here in the studio. It feels really super bougie. It'd be better if there were tacos. Yeah, well, you better believe next time I see you, I'm bringing you a bag of tacos, brother. <laughs> You're right. Be- and how bad of me for not doing that. And I'm usually really good about that. I'm sorry. I failed you. Okay. Let's confess. We actually had three tacos, but we were so hungry, we ate them on the way. John, you need to start drinking that energy drink a little faster. Right. I'm shocked on that. Dude, I've already had a five hour. I've had my energy pill. I've had two twitches. And then now this is my second Celsius, and I'm still barely. So being you're able to beyond keep today. Uh, you're beyond hope. Um, you sound yeah. used up. Do I? Uh, Mr. Eugene, good morning. How you doing? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Good morning. We just threw you in a little curveball this morning. You did? You know? You did? It's become to be expected. Yeah. Yeah, with you it is. That wasn't my plan. It was John's plan. John said, do me a favor. He's so good on his feet. I don't give him questions. Don't even tell him that we're going live. Just tell him when you get there. So I said, okay. No, no, it's a compliment because I'm the same way too. I do hate surprises, but I perform the best when I'm not having to overthink things because I overanalyze sometimes and sometimes I think myself to death where if we just turn around and say, F it, let's just go for it and do it naturally you just come out doing what you're doing because how hard is it i mean you live and breathe this this isn't like a subject you don't know and understand right and you're great at talking to people and if it's too scripted and that's what we try to avoid if we do it too scripted it comes off robotic and doesn't really come off feeling like genuine we want you to screw up because we want to turn this into partly of a comedy show and (laughs) (laughs) we're working on that so if you fumble a little bit it's all part of the plan I hear you. In all fairness, I actually would rather not be prompted or anything because I do feel like it's more natural. However, when you're done, you're like, golly, I wish I would have said this. Or why didn't I say this? Or man, that actually isn't really correct 100%. Or anyway, so we're all good. But I do give him a hard time. Yeah, but that's part of the plan too because we want you to think that way so we can get you back on the podcast again so that you can oh, express okay. those so things it's just a big old game. oh it is yeah, dude uh, it's all chess what were you gonna say zach did he tell you like hey meet us down here we're gonna look at pool tile and check it out no he did he did do better than that i thought that we were coming he's got me teaching a class that i'm super super excited for and i really was under the impression that we were going to just be talking about the class so that we could maybe cut a few slices of that away or out and Edgar could promote his pool nation, his boot camp and his class. And I thought I was going to be here for about 30 minutes and now I'm live. <laughs> Strap in. There's no seatbelts on these chairs. And yeah, no do-overs, right? No do-overs. It's live, whatever yeah. goes. And that's, yeah. you know. Hey, before we get started, I want to give a couple shout outs out here to some of the people that are live. We got our number one fan, which is Janie, which is our live studio audience out here. And by the way, she'll boo us if we're bad. So just to <laughs> let you know, if you start going down a path that she doesn't agree, she'll start like, boo. Well, the good that's kind of our signal. The good thing is there's all these lights and cameras, so she really can't throw anything at me because <laughs> it'd have to be guided missile to get over here. But also we found out yesterday, too, if she doesn't really like the topic too she'll much, fall she'll fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> Janie, that was not me. He said that. I did not yeah, say that. She'll fall asleep. <laughs> I love you, babe. So, anyways, big shout out to Janie. Thanks for coming on as usual. Michael, first responsible service. Big shout out to you, brother. Reyes and Maria Ensenada. Good morning. How you doing out there? So. Anyways, before we get started, there's a couple things that we want to talk about, and that is that March 1st and 2nd, we are doing a boot camp out at the Heritage Pool Supply in McKinney, Texas. Our boy Eugene is going to be opening up the business side of the boot camp, and we're excited about that. Last night live, we decided to change the name of the class because... You know, it's your class. You yeah, can change the name. You know, I asked Zach in the live and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And he just sat there and just kind of stared at me. And I'm like, John, it's either going to go, that's stupid or that's good. Let's roll with it. That was my expectation. And so we came last night and he's like, hey, I like it. I go, see, Zach, that's how you're supposed to answer the question. So your new class is called Chlorine and Cashflow Lessons and Insights in Pool Service Entrepreneurship. So we're excited to have you. We're going to be doing also a understanding the hiring process. We did a two-hour Instagram live last night on that. We're going to be doing a building your future, setting goals and fundamentals. And then we're going to be doing a influence and persuasion class, which we are going to have Doreen on the podcast Monday night. So looking forward to that. That's going to be a four-hour class coming out there. And I think you have some of your team coming out, right? I do. I do. That's we awesome. have, uh, I think, six or seven, eight. I don't know. Something nice. Like wow. Love it. Zach's got three of your team, right? That is actually. I told them, my guys, you can go to any of the classes but mine. You can't come to mine. <laughs> I'll be already nervous enough, but to look out there and see some of my peers, yeah, yeah my peeps. It's true to like a team meeting. Yeah. Oh, there you, that, you know what? Maybe that'll help knock off the butterflies. There you go. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. We are going to be doing some hands-on classes on the first. We're going to be doing pumps, automations, heaters salt systems, doing all that. You're actually going to be cutting wires, stripping wires, cutting conduits, connecting, voltage, low voltage, all that kind of good stuff. And then we are going to have some industry classes. So we're going to be doing some water chemistry classes. We're going to be doing how to manage salt system pools. We're going to be doing bonding and grounding, which I think is another great one. And as a matter of fact, I got a message from somebody that says, I need to take that class because they're doing some new pad and they have to redo the whole grounding and bonding and all that so he wants to make sure he knows how it is and that they do it properly so excited about that and then we have a couple other things may 17th we are going to be out in oxnard california at Raypack. we're going to be doing a 201 series heater class out at their facility and then oh i skipped march 26th and 27th we'll be out at the western pool and spa show with another boot camp so looking forward to that and then november 9th 10th and 11th is our big boot camp out here in dallas where we are going to be doing the big boot camp at the PSP Expo. So looking forward to all that. So for those of you that signed up for the boot camp and we got a call from somebody last night that they were trying to find out where to stay out in Frisco. They're going to be coming out. They're going to be coming out with their wife. Have you noticed, John, Zach, how... I love that. There's four of them now that are coming with their wives. I love that. Obviously, I'm biased because I got mama, mm -hmm. right? But I think it's so important. And, you know, if you don't have that connection, right, it's already hard enough being a small business owner and going home and it's tough to separate the whole business is business. And when I come home, I can't, I have to pay attention to my family, my wife, my life and the important things, the reason why we do what we do. But as hard as we try, it's almost impossible to do. You're always going to get the phone call because the buck stops with you. Something happens, right? Who are they going to call? They're going to call you. Customers are going to need stuff, people, potential clients, whatever it may be, you're going to have issues. And when you have your spouse that is involved in it, it's a blessing. It really is. Not many people have that opportunity to have that. 
And when you do, it's something at least we cherish for sure, because it just makes it a little bit easier because they understand a little bit more. It's always hard to understand what the other ones are going through unless you're living through it, right? Unless you walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. And then to involve your wife and to bring her into it. And that's just badass. I love that. I, I absolutely love it that they're doing I that. Do. Hey, big shout out. Mr. David Jones is asking who's going to teach the salt class. You are teaching the salt class, my friend. And you, you, are, teaching, and you are teaching the bonding and <laughs> <Hello>. grounding class. <laughs> so, Mr. Hey, David I'm Jones sure you didn't Hayward. tell him. I'm so, sure you uh, just said, hey, you're going to come. Right. You're just going to be present. Right. He doesn't know because you don't tell people. We Eugene them. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's the new term. Yeah. We Eugene you. So big shout out out there to Mr. David Jones. Excited to have you guys out at the boot camp. It's going to be some great stuff. Mr. Jay Brakefield, good morning. After the podcast today, we are bolting down to Jay. Jay is actually opening up his new location. They're doing a ribbon cutting. So we're excited for him. We've seen him go through his journey in the last three and a half years. He was servicing pools. Now he's building a couple of pools. He's doing some retail. So we're excited to get out there and spend some time with him. We will go live from down there on Instagram and share a couple of things. And then Mr. Matt, what's going on? He's saying, good day, Edgar, Zach, and John. Good morning. So he was on last night. Hey, he didn't um, say good morning to me, though. Yeah, that happens. There's somebody Howard. that's... There's Howard still only says hi, John, Eugene, uh, after it, all these years. It literally took people almost three years to start saying hi to edgar yep it did <laughs> it was either zach or it was either me yep but edgar yep. was always left out so yep. i get it it's okay it's okay it's all good so guys let's get this party started because i think we have a lot of great questions for eugene here to share his story so eugene before we get started and ask, start asking you all these business questions in your journey can you tell us a little bit about the class and maybe give us a little bit of a fifty thousand feet in the air overview of what you're going to teach I got to teach class. <laughs> We're in trouble, bro. <laughs> no, you know what? People I'm, are going to get up and just leave the boot camp yeah, and I, we're done. Yeah. I'm going to try to talk about finance. And by the way, I don't believe I'm an expert at any of this. I just had to figure it out. But I'm going to talk about finance. I'm going to talk about employees, what they mean, how they make or break a business, or at least for me, how it did. Scalability, growing. I had big dreams of just being... Like all of us, I think we all want to just climb to the very top of the ladder. And when we get there, we find that there's another ladder or it keeps going. And it hurts. Sometimes that hurts. So I'm going to talk about scaling, how I did it. I'm never going to say how you should do it because I don't really view any of this like that. I'm going to talk about customers, how to have good customers, how to, believe it or not, I think there's a really good way to set the customer's expectations and then meet those expectations. And I have fallen flat on my face more than once in regards to that. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to basically break it down into about six sections, and I'm going to give some of my world experience or my life experience on it. I'm going to talk about what I took away, how maybe I got there, what I learned from it, and then see how it goes. I'm super, super excited. I've never done this at all in my life. So I just hope it's a good experience for everybody. I think it'll be a great one. Oh, it'll be 100%. Uh, Look, and uh, you're very, very humble and I know you say that you might not be an expert. Obviously, you're not out there teaching it or a professor or whatever it may be. But in reality, you're the type of person or your experiences is what we need as service providers growing up in the pool industry, because there is no better educator or teacher than someone who's been through it and not just been through it once or twice or three times. We were talking yesterday about going from up to down. And that's the real stuff. Anything you can't, you know, in my past life too, and we talked about like leadership and I would do trainings and teach different 
managers and they would ask, what's the special key or something like that? It's not, you can't just read a book and then get the answers to everything. You can get like a blueprint or a guideline and know certain things, but it's so much more intricate and so much more complicated than just yes or no, this or that experiences, right? People can relate to. And when they hear it that way, it's easier for them to absorb it. And I think the truth is, there's a lot of companies out there that aspire to be like you and to be humble enough or generous enough to show and share that story and not the BS fluff that you usually hear that you see, oh my God, this is a beautiful success story, you know, and everything was perfect and it was all sunshine and rainbows and this is all you have to do. And you do this and you wake up tomorrow and you're rich. <laughs> Just wake up tomorrow and be rich and you're successful, right? Which you didn't do last night, Zach. You know, <laughs> I tried. It's, it, to be just upfront and honest with it. And that's how people can relate and go, ah, okay, I get it. When maybe they're not experiencing what you went through or what you're going through right now exactly, or to your scale, it's the same. It really right, is. Right. Whether it's one employee you're dealing with or 50 employees you're dealing with, right? What's important is it's still a person, it's still an employee, right? And the struggles are the same. If anything, it's take heed and warning that if you don't fix this with one employee, you're going to have this problem with 50 employees. <laughs> it's going right? to be a lot more and complicated. You think it's bad with one person, right? Now imagine having 50 of these little terror childs running around right. that you have to deal with. So that is valuable. You can't really put a price tag on that. So we truly thank you for doing that and taking the time because you're a busy man. You got a big ship you're a captain of that you need to run. And to take the time to do this and to give back to the industry, I think, is going to be very rewarding for anybody who has the opportunity to be there at the class. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because you said reward and you even made some financial statements there. Edgar hasn't told me what I'm getting paid for this. Oh, no. So who do I talk to about that? I thought you were paying us for this. He's not going to pay I, us. I thought you said that you wanted to pay us. Well, I said I want dinner. <laughs> uh, we, it was all food. It was supposed to be dinner, lunch, and two breakfasts, I think, is what the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where else am I going? Yeah. We'll have to renegotiate because he's trying to change the terms here at the last second. So There were never terms presented. (laughs) I have your signature. Mm. Hey, before John jumps into the next question, hey, Jeanette, big shout out out there. Good morning. Want to give out a shout out to Glacier Pools listening out there and our boy Todd, which stuck last night, all two hours and 10 minutes. Todd from Todd's Pool Service, big shout out to you out there, brother. And then dinner and full access to the showroom kegs is what uh, Michael wants. (laughs) Those are famous, bro. Everybody knows about them. That's what he wants. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Eugene, what inspired you to start the pool service company? Oh, you loaded questions, too. See, I don't even get the questions. I don't. (laughs) Let's just jump in here. I'll have to say I was never inspired to start a pool company at all. In true fact, I was never inspired to even start a company. And again, this is 50,000 feet. I could talk about this stuff for hours, but I think everybody would be asleep. But I worked for in the singular AT&T merger. Probably most of the people don't even know what singular was. I was a network engineer, and they came in there, and they let the entire department go. And I was one of them. I left there on a Friday, and I came back on a Monday, and they hired me as a contractor to teach the group that was taken over to essentially hand off what we were doing. So I worked and did that for a year. And then after that, I looked for another job in the telecommunications industry because that's what I knew. That's what I did. But I probably was not humbled at that point, John. I thought I was worth more than I was. And I had some good offers as far as jobs go, but I didn't take them. I didn't take them. 
And that really was a, a hard lesson. That was a growing up point because it taught me that you're not, it humbled me. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. It humbled me. And then one day I was talking to a buddy that was getting a fence built. He said, man, I'm getting this new fence put up. I don't know what the numbers were now, but let's say it was $10,000 and I don't even think it was that much. And he told me what it was. And I was like, man, I have nothing to do. I've really been wanting to buy a new chop saw. I wanted a chop saw. (laughs) For sure. I wanted to buy that tool, but I knew that if I went and bought that tool, I'm jobless. At this point, I have no job. My wife goes to work, comes home, goes to work. If I go buy that tool, I'm going to be in a world of trouble. And my wife's the greatest. I probably wouldn't have been in trouble, but she would have been like, what are you thinking? But I told my buddy, I said, hey, I'll build the fence for you. I'll build it for, I don't know, $500 less, $9,500. And I get to go buy me some tools. Again, I didn't have anything to do, and I like it. I enjoy building things. So I built the fence, and I bought the chop saw (laughs) and a nailer and a drill and a few other things. But nonetheless, I did that fence, and I always have always lived that I just do the absolute best I can. I might not be as good as the next guy or whatever, but I'm happy with the best I can. And my OCD-ness always made it just, it was good. And I put a little sign up on the fence and I said, lock fencing. I don't even know why I put that sign up there. But three weeks later, a neighbor calls down the street, says, hey, we saw this fence down here and we saw this sign. Can you give us a quote for a fence? And I was like, oh my gosh, I never even put any of this plan together. I didn't. I was like, sure. Yeah. So I built that fence and I built another. And I started doing all this woodwork, fences, and then somebody said, well, you're building me a fence, but hey, could you also do an arbor? And I'm like, I never built a pergola arbor. I've never built one, but if you trust me, I'll do it the best I can. And I did. I started reading and doing my research, and I built them a structure. And I started to see right away within about three or four months, I kind of had stopped looking for a job because I was busy and I was starting to make some revenue. I liked it. It was enjoyable. I mean, I did it all out of my house, so it was just fun. It was fun. And naturally, I wanted to, or at that point decided, hey, let's see if we can grow this. And so I started going to pool guys because every pool being built, they take the fence down and they pay somebody to come put it up. So I started going and knocking on the pool builders and asking them, hey, can I be the guy? Can I be the guy that you pay to put the fence back up? And that started just really growing the business because now I'm I'm doing rehangs, I'm doing a lot of new fences, I'm doing arbors. And I started doing that for probably about a year with all the pool guys and really my business just exploded again. I never planned any of this. It just came together like that last piece of a puzzle, but it just clicked. And so at that point, one of the pool builders said, hey, why don't we join our forces? I could use a good partner like you. And I was like, you know what? At this point, I'm drowning. Business is great, but I'm so overwhelmed throughout the day doing the jobs. And then at night, golly, I'm up till 1 or 2 a.m. every night, all weekend long, trying to keep up with the financials, the payables, the receivables. Because at that point, I wore every hat. I was the sales guy. I was the builder. I flipped my hat around and I was the accountant and the HR person or, or whatever it was. And it's funny because in my class, you asked me about my class. I have a hat, not going to spoil it, but I have a hat that was given to me a long time ago by one of my employees. And he's like, golly, dude, I got you this hat. Anyways, it's really cool. And I can't wait to share it. I don't want to spoil that. But you wore all these hats 
And it was nice to have a partner that wanted to get together because it could relieve some of those hats. It could relieve that 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. workload because I was working 20 hours a day and it was seven days a week. So I partnered up with a pool guy and that's where I learned the pool industry. I learned service and maintenance. I learned how to build a pool. I learned how to design a pool. And that's when the pool park came in. Unfortunately, 2008, the economy just collapsed. We were here in North Texas, so I do think that we had it better than some of the other people did and just fortunate. Nonetheless, I saw a company that was doing really well that had so much opportunity in front of it. It just went to nothing overnight. But one thing that didn't really change at all was service and maintenance. Service and maintenance just it still stayed steady. It stayed true. In the end, I ended up having to leave that relationship, that partnership, because we didn't have enough gas in the tank to last the storm. We were in a storm just like everybody else was. We just didn't have enough gas. I left the company and ultimately started my own because it didn't take as much gas for just me. And I knew what I could do to get some gas. So I left and I started my own back again where I started, right back out of my house and my office at my house. And there was the pool. So there's your quick 50,000. I think it probably talked way too long about it. There's so much detail in that story, and I'm sure most people probably don't even care. But anyways, there's your pulpit. I find it fascinating, and I ask everybody that I meet really for the first time how it happened, because to me, I find it very interesting because how I started was the same thing. I never thought in a million years that I would be in the pool industry. And you come to find out that there's so many people. It's either your legacy that you've been in and you grew up in it, right, or you just fell into it, right? It's not something that somebody just says, hey, I'm going to wake up one day and I want to be a pool guy, right? Right. It's just not, (laughs) usually, it's not taught in school. People don't really talk about it, but it's probably not very sexy, you know, (laughs) coming from the outside looking in, but it's just really interesting. I find that story very fascinating. I have a question, though. Do you have a picture of that first fence you ever built? You know what's funny is I don't necessarily have the, I do have a picture of, and you know what, you just triggered something else. I'll maybe put it in a PowerPoint or something for the class. I probably can find the fence or a picture when I did it, but I do still have hanging on my wall in my office that sign that's a lock fencing. Yeah, because I ended up making a hundred of them because at that point we were putting them on every fence. So I still have one of those little signs. That's awesome. So Eugene, over the last several years, the industry has been constantly evolving and changing. What changes or evolution have you seen since you started your business? Oh, mine hasn't changed at all, Zach. It's still today the same way it was. Did your business change? No. No? That's a great question, Zach. I'll tell you this. When I told you just a few minutes ago, I linked up with that pool company. When I was out there and starting and getting involved in pool builders and pool companies, such like that, with my path, guys were still drawing. They were still hand-drawing these designs, things that my office today is able to do in 20 minutes and they can give you this three-dimensional unbelievable design that you can really get involved in they called it watercolors and these guys would have these like architect drafting boards and it'd have all these color pencils on it and they would spend hours drawing a design in three-dimensional in color They would do it by hand. Obviously, that is long gone. I would be shocked if you could still find. I'm sure there are out there. I don't know any, but that's a lost art. That was really cool. 
for me, I was an IT guy. So as soon as I got in the deal, I was immediately going toward the software versions of that. And still today, if you're not using a software today in my world, selling a pool, I don't know how you could ever sell it. In the maintenance side, oh my gosh, door hangers. I can't tell you how many arguments I've had with a customer that wanted credit for cleaning their pool. They wanted their money back or a credit on their account because the door hanger wasn't on the door hanger. How many times I've gone out to meet customer and they're telling me this, I'm like, all right, let's just look around. And we start looking around and you find it over there in the flower bed or door hangers. I still today, that's funny. That To me, that's funny. The ability, the chemistry, my gosh, chemistry has come. Definitely think it has come a long ways, but I think people are more knowledgeable about it now. You know, when I got in the pool business, my education or my crash course on chemistry was, hey, monitor the pH, the alkalinity, and the chlorine. And if you really are short on time, don't even worry about the alkalinity. Just do the pH and chlorine. That I think there's a lot of people out there that run their company today, right now today, that their tech, all they're doing or all they're managing is chlorine and pH. So in my opinion, I think though the industry as a whole has come a long ways in really starting to really get their arms around full chemistry of a pool. I can blabber for a long time of things that have changed, but there's a few. Absolutely. Now, maybe what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the industry? You know, obviously it was pre-COVID, then you have COVID. I think now we're coming off that. What are some of the trends that you're currently seeing in the industry? I might need further detail on that, Edgar. <laughs> I can tell you from new pool builds, the trend is modern, geometric, formal, classy. But as far as the service and maintenance side of things, I don't know that I could tell you that there are any so-called trends. I think that one's pretty stable. Yeah, I think there's a war going on out there with all the different softwares that you can use to manage a route right now. But I don't know trendy if that would be. If you're asking me for more, I no. need you to dig just a little bit more. No, I just wanted to see maybe what are some of the trends that you're seeing. Obviously, it's something that we recently talked about. Obviously, when you talk about trends, I think the service and the maintenance side, we don't see a lot of up and downs, right? I think that's pretty stable from that side. And then obviously on the building side, you're getting a lot more backyard. It's probably not what it used to be, just the hole in the wall with just the little water and that's it. I mean, that have you seen that transition completely? If I step over onto the build side of things, these yards that we're building today are unbelievable. They're so really cool. They're so amazing, but they're really complex. They're detailed. They've got a ton going on. It actually builds some challenges for our maintenance team because they're having to learn how do we take care of these monstrosities. And I'm not trying to promote my channel or anything like that, but you can see on there, there's some pools that'll blow you away. And truly there are pools on there that we'll have to spend two or three days just teaching the maintenance person that's going to be taking care of it, just teaching them, hey, this is how all this stuff works. There's a lot of things with chemistry controllers that are out there now. Lazy rivers are really getting popular. The lighting, man, some of this, I don't know if we're allowed. Are we allowed to drop names? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. PAL lighting, their lighting is really just setting a standard out there. I'm really curious to see Jandy's new infinite colors. I haven't seen one yet, but I think PAL broke the ice on that. And, and there it is. Some of the controller stuff that is being put out there now, the filters, pumps, all of that is starting to see. It's funny. I'm glad you dug. I'm glad you dug. <laughs> you know, I think for so long, people were just, they just settled for this 
what the standard is. You know, a pump is a pump and a filter is a filter. And by golly, Zach, a heater is a heater. But it's changing. I think that there are people out there that are hungry, that they're thirsty. They're putting their efforts into making improvements and using today's level of building and technology. They're putting it into their equipment. So the equipment's that's trending in a good upward trajectory for sure. That's awesome. I have a lot of conversations and it seems like the industry, I'm talking about trends. There's this hunger to be more professional, to be more financially savvy, to build these bigger companies. And I'm curious if you could share what you think some of the key foundations, if you're addressing someone that's looking to scale their company, what are some of the key foundations that pool pros need to have in place to be able to scale? Man, did y'all give him all the good <laughs> questions? Because so far, he's kicking y'all's butt. I mean, it's like two to zero for you guys. I think my number one thing, everybody wants to do it overnight. Amazon has trained us, if you want something, you get it right now. When I grew up, if you wanted to watch something you wanted to watch, you had to plan for it. You had to program your VCR to record it. And then they had TiVo and you could digitally, but you still had to wait. But the world is converting everybody's mentality that we're just going to do it overnight. We're going to do it right now. And going into that expectations, and I've had that expectations, hey, if I just spend a thousand more dollars on some marketing, I'm going to get it tomorrow. And so when you talk about scaling, I think the worst thing that I ever did is I grew too fast. I grew too fast because as I was growing organically, I had time to massage and figure out all of those issues that were coming up from growth. And growth is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not. But when it's done slowly, you have time to react. You have time to put a fire out before it becomes a inferno. When you grow too fast, now you lose a lot of sight. You lose a lot of sight. Some of the problems you don't even see anymore because you're just trying to keep up with that growth or stay on the ride. And so ultimately growing too fast, when you talk about scalability, I would tell anybody, if you've got five customers, if you've got 500 customers, if you're building three pools and 300 pools, and the person building 300 pools, he already knows. So I'm not telling him anything, but just take your time. Don't try. I don't know. That's a hard one. But my suggestion would be from what I've learned, take it slow, take your time. Because if you do so, or at least in my experience, when I went slow, I was able to really perfect and polish this beautiful diamond. But when I went fast, man, that diamond was jagged and ruggeded and just really battered up. And the pieces of that diamond that had fallen off, that was a lot of value to that. And that stuff is way, way back there. So my deal would tell you, man, just take your time. It'll all come together. And I think that's perfect. And we all fall victim to that. We get caught up looking at others, what's going on, this person, everyone's touting, I've got this many pools, that many pools, this many builds, and we get caught up. I'm victim, I call Edgar all the time, kind of whining and stuff, but yeah. I'm overly cautious, but I think that is very key. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest we mistakes. Yeah, we yeah. talk about it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's so critical to build a foundation. We just talked about it before the podcast as well. 
if you don't iron out these mistakes or figure these things out, all you're doing is multiplying them by 10, 20, 30 fold. And you might be going fast, but you're not taking into account the trips and the falls and how many steps back you have to go. Now you have to run back and get that little piece of diamond that you left. And by the time you do that, if you were just going slow and steady, you would have avoided all these headaches and all this heartache. And that's the reason why I think a lot of businesses fail, period, or why people give up, because it's just, it becomes too overwhelming. You feel like you're just running into a wall head first constantly. It's what am I doing wrong? Right. You know, but bro, just slow down, open your eyes, take easy easy steps towards your goal and running to it or going to it in a straight line is a lot better than just running all over the place trying to figure it out. And we talk about it all the time. I think a lot of people in our industry just they want to be like, how many pulls do you have? And that's yeah. what matters to everybody is, oh, oh, I only have 80. Oh, okay. I have 300 or I have 500, right? And you're looked at based on that. And we were talking about it yesterday, sitting, working on some of the classes that we're going to talk about. And it's like, don't worry about how many pulls the guy next to you has, right? Like, how polished is your business? What's your profitability, right? Are you making a bigger profit? <laughs> that's what's more important. That's the most important. What does that bottom line tell you? Because you could have... A million pools, but if you only made $10 at the bottom line. Would you rather have 500 pools? I'd rather claim five pools. Exactly. exactly. I'll tell you a funny story. I just got to tell you this. We were in Florida. My wife, my family, we were in Florida. as earlier for spring break. We're just driving around. We're killing some time. I think we have a dinner appointment. We've already all showered from the beach, and we end up deciding or getting to an area where they're like, I don't know, an hour ahead of time. And so I'm like, hey, let's just drive. Let's just drive some of these little streets and check out some of the area. We're in like Destin, Florida. And I see a guy getting a, we all know, hey, there's a pool guy. So I'm driving down the street. He's getting a bucket of chemical out of the back of his truck. He's got two poles in there. I just pull up, roll the window down. I was like, hey, how are you doing? And, and I make some small talk and we just start talking. And I asked him right away. I said, hey, I, I'm a pool guy too. And I'm in Texas and you're in Florida. And I'd love to know how much are you charging per visit? How do you charge? I just want to explore his business at a 30,000 foot level. And in the conversation, it was really good. But one of the things that came up is I asked him, how many pools are you doing? And I actually hate asking this question today. I really do, because let me tell you how south this went really fast. So I asked him, I said, hey, how many pools you got? And he's like, well, you know, it's just me. I'm growing it. I've got 52 pools, something like that. And I'm like, man, that's awesome, dude. And I'm all positive. I'm telling him. And then he asked me, how many pools you got? And I'm like, shit. And I look at my wife and she knows. She she knows. screwed up. <laughs> we drive off and she goes, you got yourself into a pickle. And I was like, I did. And I was like, what was it? And she goes, you were embarrassed to tell him how many pulls you have. I was embarrassed because I don't want anybody to feel an ounce of any kind of belittle at all ever. And so now I steer away from that question. I don't talk about it. I talk about it amongst my team. We talk about it. We talk about our goals, stuff like that. But really outside of that, I don't talk about pull count anymore because too many times I feel like all of a sudden they don't feel the same. I don't like it. Anyways, I don't even know why I told you that story, but there you go. No, I think it's a great story. And it's true, 1,000%. I knew exactly where you were going with it when you said it, right? Yeah. Because that's the question, right? It's imagine you pull up in a Maybach or you got a McLaren or something like that, and you're talking to a guy, oh, yeah, what kind of car do you drive? Oh, yeah, I have it. What kind of car do you drive? And it feels awkward when yeah. that's not where you're trying to go because we know you. You're not bragging. That's not where you're trying to get at. But when you're talking to somebody else that is not at your level or doesn't have that many pools, it might feel like, oh, who am I? I'm just a peon. Right. You know, I only got right. 50 pools. Yeah. I get that 1,000. He's 1, the one with percent. the McLaren. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? In reality, I was, it's like, oh, I wish I only had 50 pulls, right? That would be awesome. I wish I could go back to those days. <laughs> For real. If you think life, about it. Life was a lot well, better back it's then. It's true. As you become adults and you're parents and you have children and you're like, when you're a kid, you can't wait to grow up, right? And when we get older, we wish we can go back. You know, like, God, oh, times were so much easier when we were younger. That was a great story. Here's a good question for you. What are some of the unique challenges that you think you face in your business at your level? Ooh, you put them on the spot. I don't think that there's unique. You know, I'd have to sit here and ponder that question a bit, but what immediately comes to mind is I don't think that my problems, although might be either bigger or smaller, but my problems, they're no different than yours or yours or spider back there in the boot. All of our problems in this world, I really feel they're all the same. They're all the same. And I think most time we all feel like money. We can fix all of our problems with money. I really, I, this almost triggers back to that scalability thing or that growth. I think if I would have slowed down, a lot of my problems would not be the problems I have today. Now, I probably still have some problems, but I can't say that mine are unique. At least I don't feel like maybe I came from, you know, a different background that maybe gave me some opportunity here or maybe an advantage here or, or maybe a disadvantage here or there. But I don't know that my problems are unique to anyone else's. If they are, I really am just naive to it. I don't feel that way. I think that the economy can affect different people's companies differently depending on where they're at. Maybe I think I am blessed to be in North Texas. As I already told you guys, I didn't put out this master plan like, all right, I'm in college and then now I'm going to go to this. And, and at this time in life, I'm going to have two kids. And this. I didn't have a plan. I just made the best decision on what my options were. And so I think some of the challenges that might be unique in a way is that I'm in a bubble. I'm in a bubble in North Texas and we're not really affected via economy wise, like maybe Ohio or I'm thinking for the pool industry. If you're in the car industry, maybe Ohio is great for manufacturing. And I'm sure there's a lot of great things in Ohio, but for where I am and in the pool business, I think I'm fortunate to be in a market that maybe isn't as burdened by some of the outside effects of the economy. But the other side of that is I live in an economy that it's very yuppie and everybody is really focused on a higher level of customer satisfaction. And those are my customers and I love my customers, but I believe that my customers have a little bit different demand of me than maybe the guy in Arizona. So I think there's some uniqueness in that from a geographical location. But outside of that, I think we all have our struggles, and I think they're all relative. They might be bigger here or bigger there, but I don't know if I'd say there's a lot of uniqueness. And that's my answer for you, John. I think you nailed it, and it's true. <laughs> it yeah. really is. He had a great explanation. We sometimes think that just because somebody is doing something on a bigger scale that they have it much easier or that they have some secret formula or whatever it may be and it's so far out of our reach or how do you put it? Their money tree's bigger. Yeah, or it's like they can't relate to what I'm doing or they have no idea they're detached or they live in a different world when the reality is it's not. All it is is it's just magnified pretty much and that's how I look at it. If you have one employee and the issues you have with your one employee is the same issues that a company that has 50 employees has. But unfortunately, if they have 50 employees that are bad employees, right, it's 50 times the issues. But it's not that they don't still deal with it with whatever those problems are, because there's one fundamental thing that we all have to work with is and that is human beings. Right. And there's really no difference. The customers are the same. 
just more of them. The employees are the same, just more of them. The pools are the same, just more of them. So I think you nailed it perfectly. And I think it brings a little bit more into perspective and kind of lets anybody who's listening out there that's inspiring to be somebody or to grow and to have a company like Eugene has out here in Texas, that if you're doing it now and doing it well, there's no reason why you can't do what Eugene's doing. You just got to put the effort, the time and have the heart into it. And if you do it right, you can do it. Yeah. And the bigger the money tree is, the more fertilizer it needs, the more water it needs, the more pruning and care. And then you got to hire groundskeepers. And, and buy ladders to get yeah. your money off the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Where's this money tree? I, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I really need to go to, to, to your showroom, dude. <laughs> I know where he lives and I know who, where his yard is. So let's do that tonight after. Yeah, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, they handed those out when I was born at the hospital. My mom, she brought me home with the little Beautiful. seed. You didn't get that in no, California? I, I have a money pit. Oh, I don't oh. have a tree. <laughs> Mine, all they gave me was the water to go water somebody else's tree. Yeah, right? water somebody somebody else's tree. You know? So I think that's a huge thing, right? I think, you know, whether you're this big, huge company or you're this small company, you start and the thought process is I'm going to get to the point where I'm doing $5 million, $10 million. And when I get there, I'm not going to have all these problems oh. because I have all this money. I have the money tree in the backyard. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I try to talk to people. It's, you need to understand that you're not going to get to the level where when you say I have 500 pulls, I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the ride. That's not life. Work is work and it's always going to be work. And something else is always going to come from where you least expect it. And it's either going to stress you out, right? You're going to have sleepless nights. It's always going to be like that till the day you retire, the, the day you die. Because I think that's a misconception is, oh, I make it to Eugene's level. Everything's going to be great. Like I got it all figured out. But like Zach is saying, man, you need more fertilizer. You need more people to deal with the More money, more problems. More, yeah, more money, more problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> like like you are talking about, you got 50 problems and now you grow to, you yeah. have 100 and you haven't solved that yeah, problem. Now yeah. you have 100 problems. Uh, yeah. So Eugene, let me ask you. So how has your business changed in all these years that you've been in the industry? And I know that's a broad question, but maybe what are some of the things that you sit and look at today and go, wow, this has changed from when I started? That's like the question you asked me earlier. I think it's really similar, actually. I can't remember exactly how you put it, but I think you're playing off John here. We're so. trying to dig deeper, but John yeah. and I are trying to be a yeah. little bit yeah, smooth. You're, you're being smooth. No, 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 no. Good no, cop, no. bad cop. <laughs> Throw him off, Edgar. Yeah, I'm no. sending him messages right now. He's <laughs> yeah, doing too well. Throw him off. Take him off his game. Where's the comedy we, we, in this? We need a blooper. We need a blooper. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to talking about some change on the business again, for me, the business did change a lot, but it was really just because we were trying to problem solve. Like in COVID, one of our biggest problems that we had in COVID, we had a lot, a lot worse years of my my business. I'd love to ask a few other business owners how that worked out for them. But for me, COVID was some really hard lessons. But one of them, we got to a point where we had all these pools that we were building and we needed gunite. But the gunite guys were so backed up that it just physically wasn't possible. So we decided, hell, we'll just start our own gunite. <laughs> start our own gunite. What the hell? Let's just Let's start our own gunite. <laughs> yeah, just go back in the backyard, pick all the plants off the money tree. And then anyway, and that created right away all this slew of new problems and problems that I didn't have time to be messing with, shouldn't have been messing with. But as the company has grown, we've struggled when we're dependent on other people. When we have to depend on other people, maybe they're vendors, maybe they're subcontractors. When we depend on other people, you cross your fingers. You cross your fingers that, hey, this sub is going to be there when they say they're going to be there. 
that they're going to have the same quality of work today as they did six months ago. But their business is changing too. Anytime we felt a struggle that we were in a struggle with something that was affecting ultimately the number one thing, the customer's experience. If we were dealing with something that was altering or affecting that customer experience, we immediately started trying to solve that problem. And that was throughout the business, whether we were building a pool, whether we were maintaining a pool, doing repairs. If we had a problem, I feel like that's my job. My job is to make the customer's experience what I envision that experience should be. So I have to identify what are those problems that are keeping us from delivering that experience. I talked about scaling and growth earlier. You know, some of the bigger challenges when we grew super fast, that new employee, he got a crash course training session for a day when it really should have been five days. But then you fast forward a month later and you realize, hey, why aren't you doing this? You're supposed to be putting this sticker on every control panel, every door out there. And he's like, nobody ever told me that. What do you mean? Oh, crap. Yeah, you're right, because you only got a day of training because we were in such a hurry and we were so behind in the work because we were growing too fast. And there right away, that customer's experience or the expectation, it wasn't there. It failed. It failed. And that wasn't anybody's fault but my own. I don't know how I went from trends into scaling again, but there you go, Edgar, your show. Absolutely. Hey, big shout out out here to Robert for jumping online. And I do have a question for you that we're going to answer. We're going to take a break really quick and take a word from our sponsors. Somebody sent a question on here on invoicing, and we're going to jump and ask him that question right when we come back. So we'll be right back. So now I have to take questions from yep. other yeah, you, people now you got, you, Now you oh. got to take people. Hey, anybody listening out there, you got questions, send them in. You Now's your what? chance. I'm ready. Right? I'm ready. So let's do it for the next 45 minutes, John, and we'll take those questions. All right. We'll be right back, guys. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. 
Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. Man, John, your timing is, I don't know if you do it on purpose or your brain just tells you, but Zach turns to me and he goes, man, we got 20 seconds left and you're not even in the room. And I'm like, oh, he's not coming back. And literally, as you walk back and you can't hear us because we're talking over here and you walk down, sit down, put your headphones on and then right then and there we're live. So did you put your timer on no, or is like your a, brain like just, internal you clock. know what, yeah, three minutes I don't minutes set alarms is. when I wake up. I get up exactly at the same time. Uh -huh. Everything, I have a good perception of internal time, I guess. But I thought Eugene just got up and left and he said he's he, not he going to finish the podcast Yeah, he said anymore. he's not coming back anymore. He threw his headset. I don't know what happened. I, I, I can tell you what happened. I think the questions were too off the chart for him. So. No, no, what was great about it, they were so good. After we got on our break, we started talking more about business. <laughs> And we got into another question and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, we were sitting there discussing yeah. everything and you guys come back in the room and I need to go to the bathroom and you guys are like, hey, we're live in just a little bit hurry and here I am. So I think it's, again, well, Edgar's Edgar, fault. Edgar and Zach have a catheter hooked up. So uh, is that what it is? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Again, I was going to blame it on Edgar because he doesn't have a timeline. There should be a timeline posted over on the wall and I would be better prepared. But if there was a timeline, then everybody would be sitting down and we could make fun of the fact that you threw your headsets and you laughed and you were all pissed <laughs> off and you came back so hey so robert out here is on here going good show exclamation point eugene is on it on all caps oh so thank you robert i appreciate that so it sounds like you're on fire out there man i'm sweating in here i'm telling you yeah and here comes the good questions because john came back to me and goes you're allowed to ask one more question and then i'm going hardcore so prepare just to give you a heads up 
So here's one question that came in. Let's see here. I'd like to know how invoicing goes. Do you break it up mid-month or all at once? And then which software do you like to use? Okay, great questions. I use QuickBooks. When I started it, I knew right away, I knew. I wanted, I was the guy that I did it all on paper in the very, very beginning. Here's my labor, my materials. Here's my labor. Here's what I sold for. Here's what I think I'm going to make. And then I would do a follow-up. Okay, here's what it actually costs. Here's the actual labors. And dang, I didn't do as well as I thought. But right away, I needed something to collaborate all that, a software. And I didn't know the first thing about what businesses use or anything like that. So I started Google search and started researching. And I found that QuickBooks came up most of my searches at that time. And I think they still do it. Intuit offered what they called a professional counselor. I don't know what they called it, but ultimately on Intuit's website, there was a, I could do a search with my zip code and it would show me all the professional Intuit pros out there, QuickBooks pros. And I literally, I paid the $295 or whatever it was to get a two hour session with a pro just because obviously I was smart enough in the computer, the software, the, I knew how all of that worked, but I just wanted to do it right. And I wanted to make sure, man, there's all these what I know now is buckets. There's all these places I could put money in QuickBooks, but I wanted to make sure I was putting it in the right. And I also wanted to make sure that I didn't do something wrong to where I ended up paying the tax man more than I should. So I invested in the pro and he came in there and QuickBooks has been my vehicle from day one and, and it's still today. So we use QuickBooks and I would encourage if anybody's trying to get going either now, I know so many other people in QuickBooks, I have people I could call. But if you don't have someone in your network that can tell you or give you a crash course, man, invest. That's one of the best investments I made early on. Another thing about the invoicing, the way that we do invoicing, we do it again all through QuickBooks. For maintenance, we charge, quote, per the week, but then we'll take that weekly cost and we'll multiply times 52 and then divide by 12. So our customers' invoices are the same all the time. It makes my accounting deal work easier for us. It worked easier. A lot of our customers, and I'd say probably 85, 90% of them have a credit card on file. And in fact, today, new customers, we make them put a credit card on file. If they're not willing to do that, that's not the best relationship. So we're okay. And that credit card automatically does its thing at the first of the month. And that's the other thing we charge at the beginning of the month for our month of service. We do not charge in the rears. These are all things that just Man, we learned the hard way. There was a time where we charged in the rears because in the beginning, I felt like I needed to go do the work and then you pay me. And I really still feel like that's the mentality that all businesses should have. Let me go perform and do what I'm supposed to do. And then you honor that. Sadly, though, sometimes we found ourselves out. We're chasing the money. We're, man, cash flow, cash flow. It's everything in a business, no matter, again, no matter the size. And anytime we figured or found a place that we struggled in an area that was affecting cash flow, man, we really tried to figure out how to solve that problem. So we bill in the front of the month is how we do our invoicing, our billing. And our invoicing for maintenance, it's all automatic. It's on auto pay, so it automatically charges it's, the cards. It automatically makes the invoice. It automatically sends the invoice. It automatically receives the credit card payment and automatically sends them a receipt. There is no effort on a daily regarding that other than something being added or changed or manipulated the rest of its cruise control. 
Okay, next question that came in. And what about repairs and extra charges? Do you separate invoices? We do. Back to that QuickBook thing. In ours, we have buckets. We have maintenance buckets and service buckets. And that's another thing. I think around the world, some people classify service and maintenance different. For me, just to be clear, maintenance for me is cleaning a pool. That's maintenance. We knew that they would have something wrong. We knew there was something wrong with you, and we figured out yeah. we figured out what it is. Yeah, that might be what it is. So uh, I can sleep better tonight. You can. Good to see Zach. There you go. Good, good. Service is when we're going to come out and make a service call. We're going to service a pump, a filter. We're going to do a repair. And those are different invoices. Then it would be called the repair, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's a service invoice for us. So that is a different bucket, uh-huh. i.e. that is a different invoice. Again, the maintenance are cleaning invoices. Those are, Makes those sense. are automatic. Makes I'm not going to go and edit those yeah. each month or try to bog down my machine to process that. We're just going to make a separate invoice. That's going to be in the service. And then we get into classes that really starts to define another layer of buckets, yada, yada. So when you send out those extras, let's say you had a repair, any a pump lid or whatever it may be, you add it on there and do a separate invoice for it. Since you have 90% of those cards on file, do you give them like seven days that they know what it is and then automatically charge them or do they have to manually pay that one? No, no. Per our terms and agreements, because we have an actual contract. I mean, even though it's not a contract that binds them to be yeah. married to me, but it, it does bind how our relationship's going to work. And a maintenance customer, they have their card on file that gets charged as soon as the work is done that is ran on their card. Some customers choose to have a card for their regular maintenance, their reoccurring charge, and then they use a separate card for repairs. I don't know how they do their finance, and it's fine with me. I don't care. And then if it's a customer that does not have a card on file, which again, anymore, it's very, very, but those would have to pay for the service visit at the end of the visit. So the guy at my tech will receive that payment right there. And for those customers, if they haven't paid that maintenance bill by the end of the month, we do not do maintenance the next month. I'm not going to carry or float the money for these customers. Again, I'm at this point, we're trying to really massage our book of business to be, it's a good book. So I got another question I want to ask on that one too. So for us on our terms of service, the way we do it is any charge that's $150 or less, we automatically bill because we know there's things that need to get done, O-rings that need to be replaced, pressure gauges, whatever it is, really small stuff. And I don't want to go chase around a couple hundred customers for some small things because it takes time out of my day. And we should have a trust built up to where if something's wrong, we snap a picture of it. If I replace a pump lid, whatever, or if there was a broken pressure gauge, whatever, we snap a picture, it's sent to it. We let them know that's what needs to get done, whatever it may be. At the next invoicing, we include that with our monthly service and whatever the charge is, and they get charged for it without approval. If it's anything above $150, then we'll always ask them for approval. And then once they send us the approval, then we'll perform the work and then we include it. If you are automatically charging them, if there is, let's say your technician goes out there and there's a Jandy valve that needs to get rebuilt and they're doing that work. Jandy valves never have to be rebuilt. Never, never. Exactly. Or the new Aquastars. Uh, right? Lifetime warranty. Lifetime warranty, right? Uh, <laughs> Come on. That's a new one. Oh, hey. Oh, that, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're starting something now. I'm going to be really interested to see how that plays. Yeah, right. But go ahead. Or let's say you're replacing a pump lid, right? Let's say a Jandy pump lid, which are notorious for going bad, right? And they're not cheap and you need to replace one. Otherwise the pump isn't priming up and what are you gonna do? Are you gonna replace that $150, $200 pump lid on the spot 
and then automatically charge them without asking them? Or do you have a threshold or how does it work with your relationship with the customer? That's good. We should probably call it thresholds. We have limits. We call them limits. And customers, not all, but some customers have a predefined, it's based all on trust. We don't ever ask for that on a new customer because we're going to let some time build up to get the trust. But we have limits. And again, our maintenance invoices, those are set. I don't want to bog someone down. I don't want to bog an employee down. I just let that be. Any of these other items, if a tech goes out there, first of all, just like most of these guys are using, the software's out there are incredible. Our tech is going to put a write-up and send that to the customer with a picture or even a video that shows them, here's what we're talking about. They're also, at the same time, the office is going to look, okay, hey, Miss Jones, it's $200, anything less than that. We've already let her know. This right here, is, it's $50. And a lot of times we try to, again, benefit for our customer and for us, if it's a repair that our maintenance tech can do, because some things maintenance guys can and girls can do, sometimes it's a service. And you guys know what I'm talking about. If it's something that the maintenance person, we'll just let them do. And we don't even bill a service call. Because you're there already. To it, because yeah. we're already there. We just bill them for the O-ring, the new cap for their rainbow chlorinator, whatever that might be. But again, that is a separate invoice. And if they go next week and there's something else, then that would be too. I mean, those invoices are handled independently like a service call. How do you train your employees to ensure high quality service? That's right. <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, if it was that easy, right, you can answer it that quickly. I know it's a tough question, and it's just more of getting your insight on it because there isn't, like we talked about, there's not a book you can read or a simple two-minute answer to this question that is going to solve everybody's problem. And it's a tough one, and that's why we're asking it. What? It actually isn't tough, John. Okay. It's really not. I was being funny and dramatic. I was just trying to add some some life to your show here. You know, Eugene. Wow. Shot fire. I did not mean it that way. I did not mean it that way. What did she do? What did she do? Oh, everybody's clapping. Look, look, I got clapping. She, she, we got the booing going on oh, from the live audience. Oh, we got booing. You got some booing soundtrack? You know I, mean? I don't. We do that one live. We do booing live. I didn't mean it that way. I was just trying to have some fun. No, you know what? I made that one harder than it should have been. For example, like maintenance techs, people that clean the pool. Again, I have to feel like I have to define what maintenance and service is, but you get it. In the beginning, we would just say, okay, hey, Johnny, you can start to Monday and here's you a t-shirt and you're going to go ride with Billy. Everything about what you just did depends on Billy. Everything, everything. I don't have, I did that. I did that. It was so dumb. It was so dumb. What we do today is we, several years ago, I made a manual. I literally made a three-week training manual. And I ultimately, all I did is I wrote all of my expectations of what Johnny should know week one. And then I also made a training manual for Billy. And then I went and worked with Billy for a week and told Billy, hey, these are, and I went over it with him. So now I'm set Billy's expectations of, okay, this is, and I had to make it simple and break it down because there's so much that a maintenance guy needs to know or girl that they need to know. And it was impossible to depend on Billy, even with his best intentions, for him to cover everything. So now Billy knows, hey, it's Monday, day one. I've got to talk about just safety around a pool, some identifiers, what's a skimmer, what's this. And day one is very simple. And Billy knows what he's got to talk about. And Johnny knows 
essentially he's got verbiage about more of it and he knows what he's learning and now they're both working off of a manual and then i have day two day three day four day five and then the end of first week i have a simple test that johnny has to take but billy doesn't give johnny the test i have somebody else give johnny the test and i know right away if there's something broken in that training process for that week and then i have week two and then i have week three if johnny doesn't make it to week three why force it why force johnny out there to do a job that you already know he's not going to perform to the level of what your customer experience that you already said here's what the level i'm expecting now he's not going to get there but it's really simple now i did find sometimes that maybe I liked Johnny. Johnny didn't really do well in week two. Eventually, I taught another Billy. So now I had Billy and I had Susie. And both of them were trained to teach. Maybe Johnny just didn't really learn well from Billy, but he learned better from Susie. So we actually have really elaborate training manual. And it starts from very simple, literally, is, hey, this is a skimmer. This is a weeping wall, rock waterfall, and we don't walk right there. You know, we talk about just the safety of being in the back. Hey, when you open up a bucket, you don't open it up with the wind blowing in your face. It's very simple, but we sliced it down into manageable loads. And man, we found overnight a huge change in the quality and the success of our employees, the success of the route, the customer's experience. But it took me years to figure that. And as I'm saying it, I'm probably, I'm sure everybody's like, oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. And it is. Today, it sounds like it's a no-brainer. I did it for eight years, just sending him with Johnny to depend on Johnny to go teach, or I just messed the names up, with Billy to go teach Johnny. And I just got what Billy did. But Billy didn't even have any manual. After that, we continue on with CPO stuff and other higher level, if I'm going to call it a higher level education. And we do that for our maintenance guys, we do it for service techs. And then we have follow-up. We run a lead. So we have a lead tech. He's not there to clean a route every day, but he does have to go to at least three of Johnny's pools a week. And he has to write up a form. He has to write that form up. And then we send that form to the customer to let them know that, hey, the supervisor or the lead, he came by to check your pool, Miss Jones. These are the things we found. These are the areas we feel like we could improve. If you have any feedback, we would love that feedback. And then we sit down with Johnny and we say, hey, dude, you're doing a great job. I noticed this right here. Is there maybe is this something you're not fully knowledge? Did you even know? So that's how we do it. And we really focus. Man, the training part is just getting everybody on the same page. That's the hardest that was the hardest thing. It's still today. It's been the hardest thing to get done is everybody on the same page. I'll tell you, one of my biggest successes in what I did with all my routes and stuff like that is when I got to the point that I had all my guys in my field. And again, I pulled this from my hotel days, but I used to ride and check a couple of pools of the guys at least once a month. And they knew that I was going to pop up and do inspections and do water chemistry and do all that stuff. And just the fact that they knew that was going to come and we were going to have the conversation, I think, solved a lot of problems for me. And I hadn't heard anybody else do that. So you're talking about it and I'm like excited about it because it's like I saw the same benefit just from that right there. I want to clarify this. So you have your employee go out. So this is only for new hires, but or is it for every technician? You have a lead that goes out, inspects pools, will write up a report 
of what they see done well and what opportunities are there. And then not only do you sit down and coach them, but you send it to the client and say, hey, look, we found out that this tech screwed this up and didn't do this right, didn't brush your tile. Is there anything else that they suck at? Is that what you're saying? Or I'm, you hey, know, John, seriously, <laughs> if tell me what do you think, Ms. Jones, that I received that awesome. email, what do you think she just thought? I think it's awesome. You know what I mean? That's pretty cool. Talk about the relationship that you build because we haven't done that. And the first thing that you would think about is you want to hide the mistake, right? And then you want to fix it and then do what you need to do to get it taken care of before it becomes a problem with the customer, right? Or before they see it. But to be that upfront and open and have that relationship with them, I think is... It's trust, man. It's here's the thing. It's back to I'm building trust. Yeah. I want Miss Jones... If she talks to any of her friends, family, neighbors, I only want one thing to come out of her mouth when it comes to a swimming pool, prestige pools, 100%. That's the goal. That is the goal. And by delivering that information to her, I'm building trust. When it comes to her pool, she doesn't trust anybody else. I don't care who you are. She doesn't trust you. She trusts prestige pools. And we do. The lead. Now, the lead, again, all this, I don't want anybody to think I'm a brainchild because I'm not. These are things that have evolved out of problems that I tried to occur. The lead came online, not for training. The lead came online because I can't tell you how many times that Johnny didn't show up to work, but I still had a route to clean. I still had a promise. I had a commitment, an obligation to those customers. So what is I supposed to do? I needed a backup plan. So I said, all right, let's get a lead. But then I started utilizing that lead for other things and but still there are times even though right now today we don't really have as many no shows like i did early but we have people that have lives they're getting married they're going to a graduation they're off and so how do you overcome that and so we utilize our lead to fill those holes and gaps for us that is absolutely amazing love it they pointed at you. I think, it, I think it's your I, I, turn, I, I, Zach. I, I know Zach had a question that he had written down, and then he's thinking cappuccinos. Where's Edgar's No, he's thinking he wants to rewrite his old SOP. <laughs> stuff right now. I actually, I'm like, can we back up here a little bit and just spend the rest of the time going through this? Because that is absolutely amazing. I have my work cut out for me now. Which number, Edgar? And so, so <laughs> <laughs> you pulled me to the side and said we were just going to take questions. So I, oh, you changed up the script. Did. Oh, Edgar messed it up he again. Did. He did. So I just like how it's all my fault. Yep, I'll jump in and ask you a question. So when you get customer complaints, this one you jumped ahead. You're having your lead go out and inspect and deal with those situations, and you're telling that. How do you handle it when you're getting feedback directly from the customers? What do you do? You get that complaint. How do you handle that and run that down to your team? I personally, the only time that I get involved with a complaint anymore is when they complain on social media, Google. I don't know why, but if you're going to piss a customer off, every one of them are going to go to Yelp. They're going to put their review on Yelp. And then when you get a good review and they put it on Yelp, Yelp says it's not a credible source. <laughs> my Yelp rating, I really think my Yelp rating is a one star. Uh-huh. My Google is like a four point, but Yelp, I'm a one star. I cannot get off the bottom. I cannot get off of the the drain in Yelp. But so, I think I think that's because most people, 
if they have a problem and they get upset and they're trying to get at you, it's because it's like, what do they do? No, oh, the, Yelp is boom. You yeah. want to know why? It's because you haven't activated your three hundred dollars worth of free credit from Yelp. Because I haven't paid Yelp. You haven't activated your three dollar free that, credit. Spider, that's when I need the drums. <laughs> so maybe you should take advantage of that offer that they're giving you three hundred dollars free credit, and you might see that your luck. Because I have heard that those un, not those, my experience. No, that you've heard. I have heard. <laughs> that those unrecommended reviews somehow they get cycled because through the algorithm they changes over time and they become relevant. Oh, now they become relevant. Yeah, You've heard so that. I've heard that. I, I love that. I love how they just blame everything oh, yeah. on the algorithm. Algor oh, it's, it's algorithm. algorithm. We have no control. We have it's no like, control. Really, yeah. really. You know, the minute I told you no, right, all of a sudden now I lost like 15 reviews on my page, yeah. right? The algorithm picked up the no on yeah. the phone call that yeah. triggered. Yeah. You know, I've argued with them. I even had an employee go on there and just, unfortunately, and I'll talk about this in my class, I've had everybody, I've had toxic employees. I've had incredible employees that have personal problems with abuse and alcohol and stuff like that that destroy their work relationship. And nonetheless, talking about Yelp, I've had those employees that go on there and just, oh golly, blow you up. And then you go and tell them, hey, Yelp, this is a conflict of interest. The guy got fired for showing up to work drunk. But then they're like, yep, hey, that's a, he feels that way about your company. That's a one star. But to answer your question, those don't usually get to me. If they get to me, that's because we've failed. If that gets to me, if somebody goes to social media, we failed. Because customers, man, again, the customers, I know it's a cliche that they're always right, but the reality is I have not really ever met, and there's probably a few ones or twos, but I've never really met one that didn't give somebody the chance first. And so if they're getting to my level on social media or Google or whatever, that's because my manager, my lead, somewhere something's broken. And so when I love those, it's going to sound silly. I don't you ask the question. I'm looking at John. I love those. Because I'm better looking. There it is. Because it gives me an opportunity to get really down into the trench, into the nuts and bolts. And I get to go figure out, hey, what's going on? And I like people. I like people. I've always, my wife sometimes hates it because it'll be 1130 on a Saturday night or on Christmas Eve. And they're calling me like, hey, my hot tub won't work or a blessing and a curse. I love people. I love my customers. So I take advantage of it. And when it gets there, I'm usually the guy that's, hey, you know what? I'm going to stop by your house. I want to see. I want to get in there. And usually I can convert that customer back to, hey, we believe you. I just want to say that was a great question, Edgar. And you stole the words right out of my mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, your problem was you were so deep into listening to what Eugene was saying. And I know in your brain, you're going, okay, so when I get back, I got to do this. I got to cut this. I got to put this in. I got to call Eugene. I got to text Eugene. I got to send Eugene an email. I got to talk to him through social media and ask him all these different questions in order to tweak what you're doing. I was, am I right or am I wrong? I was actually thinking, how much money am I going to have to pull off the money tree <laughs> to give to Eugene? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Here's a good question, and it's a little tricky question. I know how you're going to answer this based off of every question that I've asked you. You said it's either an easy question or there's no difference, however you spin it. But what do you think sets your business apart from other service and building companies? I know what you want to say, but there's a difference, right? And there are. There are. Not that there's one wrong way of doing it, right? There's always the good, there's the average, there's the best. And I would imagine, and I think, or at least from how you present yourself, from your company, what you do, that you strive to be 
the top, right? right? The best at what you right. do. So what differentiates you from your competition and why do you think your customers pick prestige, right? Or want prestige? Sure. It is a good question. And I think it's something that has been embedded through my entire company from the top to the bottom. Man, I still believe that I still believe in integrity. I believe in transparency. I grew up on a cotton farm. I grew up in West Texas on a cotton farm with cotton, cows, I don't know, wheat, milo. And what you did out there was everything was based on that handshake that you have. And everything I do, I try to treat my people, whether they're employees, even my competitors, I just try to treat people like they're equal. And I think a lot of this boils down to what I believe is wrong with this world today is, and what drives all this hate and all this racism and all this crap that we deal with is because people have forgotten how to treat people. And so if you're going to ask me about my deal, I just treat my people like they're my partners. They might not be physically signed on the document as truly a partner of the business or any of that, but I treat them like that. I treat them like they're my partner. And that customer, man, that customer is my life. If I can't take care of them, then I'm dead. And so those two things right there, and that's, man, that is throughout my organization. That is from the top to the bottom. I just believe, I believe in a lot of my competitors, some of them, and they're very blessed in their second or third generation pool companies or whatever. Those guys, they got that handed to them. I fought and earned everything that I've never been given. And now my job is to, how do I teach my kids that same value, that same foundation? Because I don't want my kids to think that this world is free. I want them to have that same fiber, that love to people, that handshake is everything. That's my challenge today is how do I teach them? That's the ultimate challenge. That's deep right there, EJ. <laughs> <laughs> I that, was wondering. That, I felt like I was great. going a little deep. No, I, I backed like out that. of that a little bit. No, no, no. I'm like, I love that. So now Zach's going to come to me every time and shake my hand. It's not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Eugene, we're towards the end here, and I think this is Thank a big question. God. This is a loaded question. <laughs> this is a great question. And I want to ask what advice you would give to someone that's looking to start their own business in this industry. <sighs> Do I get to take a sigh like that? You hear that? Like, <sighs> you know what? I think I would encourage them. I'd encourage them to follow their dream. I would encourage them to learn everything you can learn, always learn, always be open to learning. In my world, I would say, don't be cocky. Don't just think that you got this. Don't think that it's just a stupid pull. It's a real industry. It's a phenomenal injury. It's impressive. It's got technology. It's got the industry is so exciting, just like I'm sure many others are. So I would encourage them in, go for it. There's a great opportunity here. And I think that you, that person that I'm talking to, they're holding their map. They're holding their destiny. And what that destiny is, that's up to them. But there's a great deal of opportunity out there. And I think it's fairly easy. At least I believe that. It's really fairly easy to be successful. It also does take some luck. You got to grind. And if I was in this industry, if I was starting right now today with nothing, I'd be reading everything I could read, watch whatever I could watch. And I would take Google Earth and I would plot however many pools that are in the one mile area of my house. And I would literally just go knocking door to door. I would go knock all of those doors and I would just try to get me a route. Just get me something that maybe I could do while I'm still working my full-time job. Something that could get this thing going. And once I had a door cracked, 
Then my actions, how well I do my job, which I can control how well I do my job. And now that I've got the door cracked because I got a few accounts, it's just going to start growing. And then I would say, hang on, just hang on because it's going to grow faster than you really should let it. Awesome. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors, which by the way, I'm going to clear here so I don't take another shot when I come back. The break is three minutes, Eugene. (laughs) If you sit there and talk to John for two minutes and 20 seconds, don't come and blame me. So let's take our final word from our sponsors when we come back. I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. 
Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC heat exchanger technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash NITEC. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. We are a talking. Lot of breath there, huh? I did because I ran out of time there. But thanks for calling me out here in public in front of everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate what were you that. saying before the break? <laughs> huh? He made it. Ah, so, anyways, we are talking to Eugene Lockman, owner of Prestige Pool and Patio, and our episode today Chlorine and Cash Flow. I love that title. I do. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you, it sounds like a song, and I think we're going to ask Eugene to come up with a rap. Well, no, he did or you a country not know? Song? Yeah, he's very uh, country. Yeah, a country song. He's very Texas. Very. He's, he's got a couple guitars in his flow. office, and he likes to play the guitar and kind of sing. Now, I do have to tell you this: the staff there has warned me. They're like, bro, don't even bring up the guitars. Don't bring up the singing because. He thinks he's a little bit better than he is, but just, you know, so, so can you do an improv here with uh chlorine and cash flow? No. no. <laughs> and by the way, I we don't, have a guitar here. I do not know. Uh, Janie, can you bring the guitar? Janie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, is just to set the record clear. I do not have any guitars in my office. And if there was one, I wouldn't know the first thing about playing a guitar, much less singing. Although I have sung a song once or twice in a band. Really? Uh, See? Just, just, for, just for fun. It was maybe some alcohol-induced kind of stuff and <laughs> a little bit more, a level above karaoke, but not very far above karaoke, but... Anyways, so we are all ears. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We'll tell that story another day. <laughs> all right. There's a video out there of it somewhere, but I don't know where don't that would Edgar be. Don't tell Edgar that. He I will do, find it. I do have a couple things here before we jump in. People are going off. So Yelp is corrupt. They have to break out that credit card if you want more stars is what they're saying. <laughs> Let's see here. Brett is saying hello out here. Big shout out to our boy Brett. Missed the first half, but definitely will go back and listen again. Thank you, Eugene, for sharing. Thanks, Edgar, Zach, and John for another great podcast. Lindsay, big shout out to you out there in Florida. We appreciate that. And then another question coming in. How many women do you have maintaining question marks pools? Right now, two. Right now, two. And they kick the boys' butts. They do better. They and do. we've talked about they this, do. right? That's I think we have job. Yeah. They do. They have a better level of care attention to detail they do. just natural. that's right yeah, that's right that's sure. right that's right so yeah two two that is absolutely awesome let's get some final thoughts john i'm gonna do a little different because i want to take advantage of having eugene here instead of doing <laughs> my final thoughts i want to ask him one more question love it okay. love it let's go i think it's a good one here how do you educate your clients on their pool upkeep Hey, that's a great question. Mm. We're always asking from the other direction. That is a good question. Yeah. And you know, it's an easy one for me. It's another easy question. <laughs> I suck. John, you know, <laughs> did you guys get together and you pitched them all the underhand yeah, questions? I, is that I, what I you guess. did today? <laughs> I and I really am in all seriousness. You should have given me all these questions and I could have organized them better, but I've enjoyed the freaking just fire. So, but it's a good question. And it's one that we solved a while back. We went 
because I had, again, I had a problem. I had a problem where a customer would ask me something that was just, I don't know, what level should the water in my pool be? Like, oh my gosh, I built your pool. I've maintained your pool for two years now. And if you have to ask me that question, that means I did not do my job. I didn't do my job. So where did I fail? So the way we solved that a long time ago was YouTube. And I say a long time ago, I think it was back eight years ago, we created our YouTube university. We call it Prestige University. And we went and we spent some money and we had everything about a pool. We had it all videoed. So you can go to my Prestige University page and you can see that these videos are from like 2017. Go check it. I see everybody I'm pulling up YouTube right go now. Check I'm it. pulling up YouTube I'm going right to keep talking. Go ahead. I'm going to keep talking, but you okay. go search Prestige Pools University and you will find that I did a video about everything, about the chemistry chlorine. I did a video just about chlorine, about pH, about alkalinity. I did a video about what to do when an emergency happens like freezing and you lose power. And all of those videos are all there. They're all organized. They're put together really well. And today, to carry on the future from when we did that, we use social media. We use social media. A couple of things I'll tell you is we give all of our new pool builds, we give them a thumb drive that have all those videos on the thumb drive so they don't have to go search for them. We also tell them throughout several pieces of the literature stuff about Prestige University. We really promote it pretty well for the YouTube stuff. And then we make a lot of social content on Instagram of current things that are happening, things that we're seeing. We're talking about products. We're just trying to share the love of pools. That's how we do it. All right. Just checked on there. You got 31 videos on there. That's pretty good. You're more than that. At least the one I clicked on. But we were going to talk about it. But obviously you do a lot of social media and you post pretty much almost once a day, right? Or you try to. That's the goal. Now, since about Christmas, we've kind of been in this lazy mode. We had the holidays and then we had a week of freezing temperatures and all this rain. So we've got off of that a little bit. But yes, that is the goal is to try to post once a day. And it's a lot of work. But yeah, that's awesome. Final thoughts. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of great things today. And something that really stood out to me is that, and this is my approach, so I relate very well, is you encounter a problem, you find a solution on how do I make that so it's no longer a problem moving forward, and look at all of the great things that come as a result of that, that help systemize. I mean, people have questions about scaling their companies, and I think a lot of it is just going through those experiences. Don't fix the problem and then when you encounter it again, keep fixing it and fixing it or band-aiding it, find a solution, put it in place, and then you can worry about the next problem. And I just love that. And thank you for coming on today. (laughs) No problem. I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for the invite. I'm disappointed there's no tacos. I'm disappointed there was no script, but thank you. Thank you. Hey, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you coming on, taking the time to come on. We know that you're super, super busy. And then for you to come out and teach that class, we're very grateful, very thrilled that we're going to kick off that whole business side of what we're doing, the business summit, right? The business conference, whatever we call it, the seminars, but we're super thrilled that yours is going to be the class that is going to launch that whole platform. So we're excited about it. And, Ooh, no and pressure. Thank you. Yeah, no pressure. So, it's easy. That's no easy. Pressure. By the way, you're not going to get any more scripts. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you script that one for me? <laughs> so anyways, we really appreciate it. And thanks so much. 
For everybody listening, we will be back live again tomorrow. I think people are going to get tired of us very quickly over this weekend. So tomorrow we have Jay coming into the studio, which we are headed down there right now, down to Denton for their ribbon cutting. So excited about that. So anyways, thank you so much. We'll catch everybody on the other side. Spider, thanks again. Appreciate it. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.